Welcome to Fresh Start Church Online. Our mission is to help people find a fresh start through Jesus Christ. Please let us know if we can pray for you or help you in any way. Now here's Pastor Bruce with this week's message. Well, we are finishing up uh, this series of questions and answers. It's always interesting to see what kind of questions uh, people submit, uh, what kind of things people struggle with. And uh, today is uh, questions about forgiveness. And on the way here, as Valerie was praying, she said, God, I, I think pastors could preach every week until the cows come home on the topic of forgiveness. Those of you that didn't know that she was born on a farm, evidently that's, that, that term means a long, long time till the cows come home. I've never seen cows come home, at my house at least. But, you know, it, it is such a clear issue in the Bible, forgiveness. It's mentioned a lot. It's mentioned in lots of different ways. And it's one of the, you know, there are some issues in the Bible that are just really, really hard to understand. You can read it and say, I just don't know what that means. But most of the time when forgiveness is mentioned in the Bible, it's really, really clear. Boop, here it is. Here's what it says. The challenge isn't in reading what the Bible says about forgiveness or even understanding what the Bible says or what it means about forgiveness. The challenge is doing it. It's probably one of the hardest things to apply uh, of any issue that, that we face in our, uh, in our Christian faith. So I just want to look through uh, just a, a few questions that were submitted, and these are these are just common, common questions. Uh, the, the first one's interesting. Uh, a guy stopped me right outside the door one Sunday. He goes, I got a question for you. And it was before this series even started. He goes, I got a question for you. He said, it says somewhere in the Bible that we are able to forgive people's Sins, not just forgive them for what they did, but actually forgive their sins. And he said, if that's true, and it's in the Bible, so it should be true, if that's true, then why did Jesus have to come and die for sins? So great, great question. So, so here it is. Do, do we have the ability to forgive people's sins? Do we have the ability as Christians to forgive someone's sins? And, and that doesn't mean do we have the ability to forgive someone. Uh, that's what all the rest of the questions are going to deal with is how do we forgive people. But when I forgive you, I'm forgiving what you've done to hurt me. I'm forgiving uh, something that you did. I'm not forgiving your sin. I, I don't have the ability to do that. I can forgive you. You know, you can commit murder, and I could forgive you, but you're still going to have to be arrested and go to jail and be tried and probably convicted. So we're not talking about do we have the ability just to say to someone, hey, I forgive you, don't worry about what you did to me. But, but this question was actually about do we have the ability to forgive someone's sin, meaning it is taken care of in the eyes of God. Well, this verse from John chapter 20, verse 23, this is Jesus talking to his apostles. And this is after he uh, was crucified. It's after he rose from the dead and they're having a meeting and Jesus just kind of shows up 
and surprises them. And he says, if you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. But if you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. That sounds like we have the actual ability to forgive someone's sins, to forgive them of, of the, uh, the penalty of their sin, to forgive them so that they don't need God's forgiveness. And this verse is a verse that, that the Roman Catholics would use to explain why you go to a priest to ask forgiveness. Why do you go to confession, confess your sins, and then penance so that you receive forgiveness of your sins? This is the verse that Roman Catholics would base uh, that on. And they would say, well, Jesus said this to the apostles, and now the priests are are given that authority. Not everyone, but the priests, they would say, are given that authority to actually forgive people's sins, that they're actually gone, they're actually done away with once they're forgiven. Well, here's here's such an important thing, and we've, we've talked about this a little bit on Wednesday nights as we've been talking about how to study uh, the Bible. It's so important when we see a verse like this, when we see a verse that seems confusing, or we see a verse in the Bible that seems unclear, it's so important that we interpret an unclear verse through the clear verses. If, if there's 99 verses about a topic that are very, very clear, and then there's one that's very unclear, I'm just not sure about that, we make sure and use those 99 as the filter that we look through to look at that one verse. So we don't say, oh, let's throw those 99 verses out. Obviously, this one kind of unusual verse must be right. And so it's so important that uh, an individual verse gets interpreted by the majority of verses on the same topic. So what does this mean? What was Jesus saying to his apostles? I mean, he's sending them out. It says that he breathed on them. He breathed the Holy Spirit of God on them. He was empowering them. He's getting ready to ascend back into heaven. And just like the Great Commission that, you know, he, he sent them out. He said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Now, I'm sending you. I've been given the authority. Now, I'm, I'm placing it on your shoulders. You go and fulfill uh, this mission to tell the whole world about me. And so this is that same uh, kind of time frame that Jesus is saying to these guys. He's, he's imparting upon them the power of the Holy Spirit for them to go and continue his mission. And so he says, if you forgive anyone's sins, they're forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they're not forgiven. What he's not saying is, you guys have the actual authority to forgive someone's sins so that they are clean before God. He's not saying that. What he's saying is, I am now in, in I am now placing upon you the authority and the ability to proclaim forgiveness of sins to everyone who receives me and the ability to proclaim judgment upon the sins of everyone who doesn't? He's he, he's giving them this authority, and we as believers have the same thing. We have the we have the authority to proclaim forgiveness of sins. To say, if you receive Jesus Christ, your sins will be forgiven through Jesus, not through me, not through my authority. But I have the ability to announce that good news, 
And I have the ability to announce the bad news, that, that, that if you don't receive Jesus Christ, then there will be judgment for your sins. Your sins won't be forgiven if you don't receive Jesus Christ. And so that's all that this verse means. Seems confusing if you just read it by itself, but as you read it in the entirety of Scripture, uh, absolutely Jesus is not saying those specific men had the ability to wipe away someone's sins. If they did, or if you and I did, if we had the ability to remove someone's sin, then Jesus didn't need to die on the cross. He didn't need to come and die on the cross. Why did he die on the cross? To pay for our sins. Well, he wouldn't have needed to pay if we had the ability to deal with them, either for ourselves or for other people. Here's the next question. Does God forgive my sins even if I don't ask? Does God forgive me even if I don't ask him to forgive me? And another kind of perspective on that, does, does God forgive unrepented sins? What if I, I'm a believer, I've placed my faith in Christ, but I've committed some sin and I haven't repented from it. Does God forgive sins? What if I die? What if I die and before I die I've committed some sin and I haven't asked God to forgive me? What happens when I die? That was a big issue for me when I when I was a teenager. I, I read a scary book by David Wilkerson. God bless him. He loves to scare people. And he's come back out again in the last couple of years. I don't even know if he's still alive, but his, his videos have come back out in the last year or two, you know, proclaiming fright upon America. And uh, here's what his, his book said. Literally, if you commit a sin... And you haven't repented, you haven't said, God, please forgive me of that sin, and you've turned away from it, then you die. The elevator's going down instead of up. That scared the heck out of me. I mean, I believed in Christ. I read this book because I was wanting to grow in my relationship with Christ. I don't know where I got it. If somebody recommended this book, but I read it, it was kind of a hardcore, you know, if you love God book. And, and so I was trying to grow spiritually, and I read this book, and, and it freaked me out. Because I thought, okay, but what if, what if you know, I don't know I'm about to die. What if, what if I'm just walking down the sidewalk, and I say something wrong or do something wrong, you know, commit some little sin, and I happen to step out in traffic and get hit by a car and die. Oh, my gosh, am I going to hell then? And, you know, that book kind of led me to believe I would. That was very, very scary. Well, what does Romans 5, verse 8 say? God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. While we were still sinners. Notice, notice that part, while we were still sinners. Jesus died for us while we were sinners. Jesus loves us today while we are sinners. He doesn't love our sin, but he loves us. The second that we place our faith in Christ, he adopts us into the family of God and nothing can rip us out. Jesus said, those that the Father has given me, nothing can take them out of my hand. Nothing, no one can take them away from me. Not even our own sin that we haven't asked forgiveness for yet. Not even our own sin that we haven't repented from yet. Does that mean 
oh, cool, I don't have to repent of anything. No, not, not, not at all. We'll, we'll look at that in just a second. But let, look at Romans 3. Just keep that in mind. Look at Romans 3, verse 22. We're made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard, yet God, with undeserved kindness, declares that we are righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. Notice the word freed. I didn't pay much attention in English class, but freed is past tense, isn't it? It's already been done. Jesus already paid for my sins. Jesus already freed me from the penalty for my sin. He didn't just free me for the penalty of my sins that I committed prior to receiving him as Christ, as Savior. He freed me from every sin I ever committed past, am committing presently, and every sin that I'm ever going to commit in the future. He's already freed me. There already been Forgiven. The sin that I'm going to commit tomorrow has already been forgiven. I haven't asked, I haven't even committed it yet. I sure haven't asked forgiveness for it yet. Already been forgiven. It's already been paid for. It's already been dealt with. The penalty has already been removed through Christ. So if God forgives my sins, even if I don't ask for forgiveness, why confess my sin? Why would I ever confess my sin? Why would I say, God, I'm sorry? If you're a parent, you already know. If you're a parent, you already know that even though you know what your kid did, what do you want them to say? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Why? Because when we say, I'm sorry, and when we mean it, I'm not talking about, you know, trying to uh, cash in some chips. When we say, God, I'm sorry. It shows that our heart is broken over the things that break God's heart. God's heart breaks when we do things that are bad for us. God's heart breaks when we do things that hurt other people, that hurt ourselves, that hurt him. His heart breaks for those things. And, and so he, he's pleased when we say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So even though he's already forgiven me, why do I say, God, I'm sorry? And I don't know about you, I say, God, I'm sorry a lot. I say, Valerie, I'm sorry almost as much. My poor wife. She's already forgiven me. The things I'm going to do wrong today, the messes. Last night, she's you know been cleaning the house, been doing stuff all day. I go in to get... Uh, drink out of a two liter soft drink and, and I go to pour it in my glass and at some point you know how bottles aren't as thick of plastic anymore I'll blame that and at some point I evidently squeeze the bottle so it's pouring into my glass but I don't know if you know this while you're pouring a drink into your glass if you squeeze the bottle it squirts too in this case it squirted into the little thing that holds the sugar and the little thing that holds the sugar packets that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. I look, sure enough, there's standing soft drink in with the sugar. There's, sure enough, all the packets, I start taking them out real quick, they're all wet. And so I lay out a towel and I put them all on it. And, and you know, I'm trying to dry it and I 
wash out the sugar thing and I dry it and I turn it upside down and I you know, think I'm doing a good job of repairing the damage I've done. And, and, and I said, honey, don't, don't worry, but just want you to know when you come in here and can't find your sugar thing that always sits in the same place on the counter, you know, I just accidentally squirted soft drink on it. And it's at that point that I look at the bottle of soft drinks and notice this big tag on it purple tag taped to the bottle. How many of you have big purple tags taped to your soft drinks in your refrigerator? Nobody, right? I've never had this happen before. So you would think I would have noticed the purple tag taped to the bottle that says brunch, but not. It says brunch to tell me, don't drink out of this bottle. It's for the brunch tomorrow. And that's when I saw the brunch. Label. I said, honey, uh, by the way, not only did I squirt soft drink in the sugar and in the sugar packets, but it's got a label on it that says brunch. You know what my wife said, just, just in case you're worried about what you're going to be drinking today at brunch? She goes, well, don't put it back in the bottle. <laughs> like, don't take the glass and try to get a funnel because there will be more mess in it. Everybody will be sick and, you know. She loves me. So much, she'd forgiven me before I did that. Before I said, I'm sorry, she already loved me and already forgave me because she knew I was going to mess up. She knows I'll mess up today. She knows I'll mess up something tomorrow. God, because of his relationship with us that began when we placed our faith in Christ, God is already forgiven. Everything, everything we've done, everything we're going to do, whether we apologize or not, he's already forgiven. But it pleases his heart when we apologize, and it pleases his heart more when we repent. You think, well, why do I need to repent if God's already forgiven me? Because it pleases God, and it's good for us. To repent just means to change. It means to turn your mind, to change your mind, turn. I was doing this. This was wrong. I'm going to apologize to God, and I'm going to turn and start doing what's right. Trust me, for the rest of my life, when I take two-liter soft drink bottles out of our refrigerator, I'm going to look for big purple tags. I'm going to look for them. Pray that she doesn't change it to yellow or something because I won't notice that. But you know, I'm going to do that. Because why? Because I don't want to hurt her again. I don't want to do that same stupid thing. I'll do some different stupid thing. I don't want to do that same stupid thing. That's why we repent. It's not because we have to. It's because it's good for us. And it's what God wants for us because God wants what is good. Here's another question. This is a, this is a tough one. Do I have to forgive people who don't ask? For forgiveness. We kind of like the idea of God forgiving us even if we haven't asked them. But do we have to forgive people who don't ask for forgiveness? This first verse is so familiar and it deals with it just head on. Uh, Luke chapter 23 verse 34. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. Picture this. Jesus, you know the scene, he's just been, he's just been placed through these arrested falsely, tried falsely, 
convicted falsely, and now he's going to be executed falsely. If there was ever an injustice in the history of the world, it was this. It was what happened to Jesus. The perfect one had to pay for all of our imperfections. And so here's this totally unjust trial. And Jesus, who knew that he hadn't done anything wrong, who knew that his mission here on earth was 100% for our good, who knew that everything he ever said or did was perfect. And yet he says, in the midst of this injustice, he says, Father... Forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. They didn't ask his forgiveness, did they? Not for a second. They weren't even sorry. They're just sitting there. They're, they're, they're rolling dice to say, who gets his shirt? Who gets his shoes? Who gets those? Those are nice-looking sandals. Man, those Birkenstock sandals, those are expensive. I want those. Here, I'll, 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 I'll roll the dice for you, with you. They didn't ask for forgiveness. They weren't sorry. They were miserable, rotten people. Roman soldiers. Everything they did to Jesus was wrong. And yet he said, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. What about somebody that does something to you? They're not sorry. They haven't even apologized. They've never even said they were sorry. They're not sorry. They just keep on doing it. They're not sorry. They are worthless scum. Man, I can't believe they can't. How dare they do that to me? Jesus said, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. Mark 11 Verse 25 gives us some more insight into this question. Do we have to forgive people who don't ask for forgiveness? Jesus says, when you're praying, first forgive anyone you're holding a grudge against. Why? So that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Jesus says, if if you're just praying, and all of a sudden you think about somebody Think about somebody that you've got, you're holding a grudge against them. What they did to you wasn't right. It wasn't right. They never should have treated you that way. They never should have done that. And and you're holding a grudge against them. And Jesus says, okay, you're just starting to pray and you think of that. What does he say? Forgive them. Forgive them. They haven't asked for forgiveness. Jesus says, forgive them. Forgive them. Let go of that. Let go of that grudge. Letting go of the grudge. Here's, here's the hardest thing. When someone has offended us, we think that if we forgive them, it means that what they did was okay. We think that letting go of a grudge, deciding I'm not going to hold that against them anymore, means that they're free. No. It means that, that we are letting go of our, our right to punish them. Doesn't mean they're not going to be punished. Doesn't mean they're not going to be accountable to God. It just means I'm letting go of this. I'm not going to deal with it anymore. I'm going to let God deal with this. See, it, Jesus is saying, you know, if you're praying, forgive somebody you hold a grudge against, so that God in heaven will forgive your sins too. He, he's saying that unforgiveness 
blocks our relationship with God. If I've got unforgiveness in my heart, not towards God, not that I'm mad at God. I may be doing great with God. I may think God is just, man, I'm so thankful. God is just awesome. God is just is doing so much for me, but I'm mad at somebody else. But Jesus said that unforgiveness, it, it blocks our relationship with God. Unforgiveness is an obstacle to our spiritual growth. We, we can read the Bible as much as we want to read it. We can go to as many Bible studies. We can sing as many worship songs. We can buy every book in the Christian bookstore. We can learn all this stuff. But if we have unforgiveness in our heart towards other people, it blocks our spiritual growth. It's a huge obstacle. It's a big deal. That's why Jesus talks about it so much. Here's another question. How do I know if I've really forgiven someone? How do I know? I have said the words, God, I forgive them. I have said it maybe to them or maybe just about them. God, I forgive them. Or I just, okay, I'm choosing today to forgive that person. How do I know if I've really forgiven them? Here's a great test. Can, can you see them out in public and not hide? You know what I mean by hide. You're walking down the aisle at Walmart and you see them and you go several more aisles past what you wanted because you don't want to have to deal with that person. Can you see them out in public and not hide? There have been times when I've done really good at this. And there's been times when I come home and Valerie says, why didn't you get this and this and this? Well, it's, I don't tell her, but, well, it's because so-and-so was on that aisle, you know, and I waited them out, and they just wouldn't leave that aisle. And I didn't want to have to see that person. I didn't want to deal with that person. There's other times I've done really, really good. And here's, here's how. And I can think of two major times. Here's how. When I've had to be somewhere in a very obvious space with someone who had hurt me badly and I didn't want to be around them. Here's the good way that I handled it. The first time I can remember, I walked right up to the guy and shook hands. There's a group of people. We were all there. I was standing with some people and this guy came out. I went right up and shook hands. I just said hi. Then I walked back to the group of people I was with. And, and one of the other guys there goes, man, I can't believe you did that. Like, he would have understood if I'd walked up and done this. You know? But you know what? If I didn't do that, if I didn't do that, it would have bothered me the whole time. I would have been there going, oh, God, that person's over there. I don't want to look at him. I don't want to do that. It would have bothered It would have eaten me up. Instead, I went to him, shook hands and said, Hi. I went back to what I was doing, talked to the people that I wanted to talk to, and it didn't bother me the rest of the time. The next time, same thing. I was helping with a, a special event for someone. I found out somebody was going to be there that I never wanted to see again. And I thought, okay, I'm going to be in that church. They're going to be in that church. What am I going to do? I walked right up and shook hands. I didn't pretend. I didn't act fake. I just walked up and shook hands and said, hi. Deal with it quickly. And, and the times I've been able to do that, then it's gone. It's not an issue. It doesn't bother me. I don't think about it again. The 
times when you can't do that, it eats you up over and over and over and over, and you drive home thinking about it, and it's, it's like this weight that just sticks with you. So how do you know? Well, the first thing is, can you see them out in public and not hide? Here's another way. This is a good one. How do you know if you've really forgiven someone? Have you stopped wanting to get even with them? Maybe you've forgiven them, but you still want to get even with them. If you've stopped wanting to get even, then you've probably really forgiven them. What about the next one? Have you stopped wanting them to fail? That's a huge one for me. That's a huge one for me. I can say I forgive you, but deep inside, if I watch that person, I go, yeah, yeah, oh good, look, look, look. That means I haven't forgiven them yet. When we've, when we've really forgiven somebody, we don't want them to fail anymore. We don't want them to fail. Here's another one. You know, that you've really forgiven someone when your first thought of them is not about what they did to you. When that person could just come to your mind for some reason and your first thought isn't about what they did to you. And let me just say, when it comes to forgiving someone, I mean, a big, big issue like this, it's a process. Because you could say, I've forgiven them. You could go through this checklist and say, yep, I could see them out in public and not hide. Yep, I don't want to get even anymore. Nope, don't want them to fail. Yep, I can think of them without. But then something can happen that kind of brings it back, and, and you've got to go through all that again. That's okay. It's a process. It's a process. You can think you've really released it, and something can bring it back, and you just, just go through the process again. All right, why is it so hard to forgive myself? And I just put a couple things in your notes. So why is it so hard to forgive myself? This is, this is a tough one. And I think one reason is your focus is on what you've done instead of what Jesus has done. If I look back at my biggest sins, my biggest failures, my focus is on the sin, what I did, instead of on what Jesus has done. What has Jesus done? He's already forgiven me. He's already dealt with that. He's over it. So I, I, I've got to focus on what Jesus has done, not on me. And, I, and the next one just kind of adds to that. Your focus is on your sin instead of on your Savior. How do I have trouble forgiving myself? I keep focusing on my sin instead of focusing on my Savior. And here's, here's another one. You're believing lies instead of the truth of God. See, other people will lie to us to try to make us feel guilty. The devil will lie to us to try to make us feel guilty. We will try to make ourselves feel guilty. We will just keep, just keep thinking, yeah, I'm no good. Yeah, I'm worthless. Yeah, I'll never be any good again. Yep, yep, yep. We can keep believing those things instead of believing the truth of God. What, what is the truth of God? The truth of God is that every sin we've committed, not just the little ones, every sin we've committed has already been paid for by God. It's already been removed by God. It's removed as far as from the east as from the west. God is not only forgiven us he's forgotten the truth of god is god uses people with bad pasts read through the bible and see the murderers and adulterers and liars and cheaters that god used 
to do great things. God uses people with really bad past because he's in the life-changing business. He transforms us, and he transforms our lives, and he redeems our past. The challenge is we've got to look at the future. We've got to look at what God has planned for us, not look at the past of what we've done wrong. I don't know who said this first. I I wish I could give them credit. But I love this visual picture. The goal is that our lives are like we're in a car and we've got a windshield and we've got a rear view mirror. Which is bigger in your car? The windshield, right? Huge windshield, little rear view mirror. That's the goal. The goal of forgiving ourselves is not that our past is the giant windshield and we're just looking, 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 looking. No, that rear view mirror is just there. We can look and say, that's what I, that's who I used to be. That's what I did, but I'm not doing it anymore. The windshield is, here's God's plan for me. Here's God's purpose for me. Here's the future hope that I have because God is a redeemer. One last question. Why? Why should I forgive people who have hurt me? Why should I forgive people that have really, really hurt me? People that have really, really done something terrible. Only, only one verse, and then I want you to see a, a, a short video clip that says it far better than, than I ever could. Colossians 3.13. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Make allowance. That means... We're people. We're going to offend each other. We're going to hurt each other. Sometimes intentionally, sometimes not intentionally. Make allowance for each other's faults. And notice it says must. Forgiveness isn't an option for Christians. You must forgive others. Why? Because the Lord forgave you. God's forgiveness of us is the foundation of Christianity. Our forgiveness of others is a way of reflecting that value, that that value that comes from God into a society that needs to know forgiveness. Why should I forgive people who have hurt me? Watch this short video. This is Rick and Kay Warren. Uh, They were on CNN. Piers Morgan uh, interviewed them. Uh, It was just an incredible hour-long interview. And in this this clip, uh, Pierce asks them about forgiveness. Their son uh, committed suicide, used a gun that he had bought uh, illegally off the Internet. And so Pierce asks them, have you been able to forgive the guy that sold your son who struggled his whole life with mental illness? Have you been able to forgive that person? You knew that Matthew had a gun. Where did he get this gun? We now know that he had mental health issues his whole life. Yeah. Well, he didn't get it legally, that's for sure. The gun laws in California are very strict, and they worked. He, couldn't, he, couldn't, he couldn't get a gun legally. And so he, had he tried to do it legally? Yeah. Oh, he, a long time. Oh, yeah, he had tried. We're, we're grateful that the laws kept Matthew from getting the gun for as long as it did. Yeah, um, but he kept trying, and he was... And he wanted one as far as you were with for one purpose. Oh, only one purpose. Yeah, no, just to, because, because he knew it would end it for him, and he was just so determined that he needed to... When did he finally get his A month before 
before he took it. And do you know how he got it? Who he got it from? He told me that he um, he, he told me everything, and he told me that he had, uh, found somebody finally on the internet who would sell it to him, and it had to be super encrypted, and it had to be you know this whole process, and it, he begged me to help him because he couldn't figure out the process. And again, there's so many so many moments of terrible choices with mental illness. Here's my son in terrible pain begging me to help him get a, a, a means to end his pain. And it's like, my son, I can't do that. I can't. I can help you live. I will do anything to help you live. I cannot help you take your life. And he finally, through great struggle, was able to figure out how to. And so he got a gun illegally, you know, on the internet. And then he filed down the serial numbers. So we made the effort, actually, to try and find the person, and he had done a really good he job. He didn't want anybody else to be blamed yeah. for, his for his choice. But I, I had to say, Pierce, one of the hard things was forgiving the person who sold him the gun. Because they prayed. Because I didn't want to forgive him. Well, you pray on a desperate person. Yeah, yeah. Do you know who that person is? <coughs> I have no idea. No. The police know been able to find no. no. Because they couldn't trace the gun. So absolutely no idea. And it was so encrypted, and, and yeah, they couldn't find and what, it. And what, have you been able to forgive this person? Oh yeah, yeah. I have to give, forgive, not for his benefit, for mine. I, I forgive first because I've been forgiven by God. Second, uh, unforgiveness makes me miserable. And third, I'm going to need more forgiveness in the future. So we don't forgive for their benefit. We actually forgive for yeah, our. Yeah, I don't want to be tied to that person emotionally. No. The rest of my life. You hurt me enough already. Yeah. I'm not going to let you anymore. Did you notice Rick said, I, I have to forgive? I mean, first one, he just said, have you been able to? He goes, oh, yeah. Like, like absolutely. There was no hesitation. There was no question. He said, yes. But notice he said, I have to forgive, not for his benefit, but for mine. Guys, we have to forgive because we've been forgiven by God. We have to forgive because if we don't, it makes us miserable. And we have to forgive because we're going to need more forgiveness in the future. I loved, he said, I, I forgive not for the person who hurt me, but for myself. I'm not going to let them hurt me anymore. When we have unforgiveness towards someone, they continue to hurt us because of that. But when we forgive them and we release that to God, they don't hurt us. These are hard things. Forgiveness is just hard. It's easy to receive it. It's hard to give it. But God wants that to be at the core of our lives. It's one of our core values as, as Christ followers, as people who are thankful for the forgiveness we've received and people who can give forgiveness to each other, forgive it to people who ask and to people who don't ask. Forgive it to people that are sorry and forgive people that aren't sorry. I want to pray and maybe there's someone who this whole time as we've looked at these verses and these questions that you guys have submitted, maybe there's somebody that immediately comes to your mind or your heart. The things they've done to you are unspeakable. You can't believe the things that they've done to you. Maybe they continue to do those things to you. 
I want to encourage you just to lift that person or those people up to God right now. And say, God, you know how I feel. You know the hurt that I have. But God, I don't want to let them continue hurting me. So God, today, help me forgive them. Help me, Father, forgive them. And Father, when they hurt me again tomorrow, help me to forgive them. Father, I know I I don't deserve your forgiveness, but you've forgiven me. Thank you so much for that. Father, help me now to be a person of forgiveness. Help me, God, to reflect that characteristic of you and to my relationships. That people would see my ability to forgive and that they would be drawn to you. That their lives might be changed by you. Father, give each of us a a desire to repent when we know that we've hurt you, to confess quickly when we know that we've hurt you, that we've done something wrong. And Father, give us a desire as your children to please you, to obey you, to serve you all the days of our life. In Jesus' name, amen.